BDP. One, two, three. That's a me. Tell me what you got going on. Yeah, I thought you were going to rhyme it and then you didn't. Nope. Nothing rhymed. <laughs> Everything's fine. Tell me what's going on in your life. <laughs> Everything is fine. <laughs> <laughs> It's Little Shorty Month. This week on Art of the Short Little Shorty, Jory reads you a story where pastor's prayers and rigorous discipline can't rid a girl of her perversions. A sexuality shaped by oppressors that will leave you wondering, how does one punish the unpunishable? We'd like to remind you that all episodes of Art of the Short contain explicit content and that a link to this week's short story will be provided in the show notes just for you. Art of the Short is an interactive literary art installation. Our little shorty episodes feature the not-so-known storytellers where Jory and Bethers read a short story by you. Yes, a short story written by you. And of course, we'll make some art of our interpretations. Join the conversation and send us your artwork to add to the gallery. To learn how, go to artoftheshort.com and follow the installation on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Art of the Short to see what others think of this short story through their art. Hi, Bethany. Hi. Hey, 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 hey. hey. Welcome, Welcome to... to- Little Shorty Month! Little Shorty Month. (laughs) Well, you know what I'm about to ask you. What is it, like, good oldies, new hits? What's like that? I don't know, but, like, (laughs) not what I thought was going to come out of your mouth. (laughs) Just totally not. You said something that was, like, reminding me of a catchphrase. Because I'm the best at catchphrases, so you should yeah. absolutely yeah. trust my... You're good at punchlines I'm good jokes. at all of yeah. that. <laughs> Apparently, I pay attention a lot. Chronology is your strong suit. <laughs> <laughs> my art? Yes. <laughs> oh, my art? How was your art, you gorgeous, gorgeous... Oh, my art... I feel like I should be frank with the listener here and let them know that life happens. There was a bit of a scheduling delay. And you didn't do your art. And I did not do my art. (gasps) No, not that. that, You just (laughs) went so convincingly, though. (laughs) You were so scared. Well, it was true. What I meant to say is, like, I had a a steep deadline that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to tell you that it led to something really beautiful, but I can't. I can't. I can't and I won't. <gasps> what I will say, my art has been through a lot of iterations. I've had a lot of great ideas. Okay. Yeah, your face right now. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look like confidence. <laughs> I, I wouldn't describe it as such. Which normally Bethany is like, yep, this is what I did. Come in, I come in with a lot of confidence. <laughs> Not here, not today. Not today. (laughs) I think I am a bit humbled by this experience. Well, I'm bringing some 80s vibes. Okay. You will know why when you see it. Great. I love it. You will completely understand the art. (laughs) Other people may not. And that's okay. Sure, that's okay. (laughs) Okay, Jory, I am so excited for story time. I have a full glass of Snoop Dogg's 19 Crimes wine that I've served myself chilled. Mm, mm. And I'm going to listen to a story. What I'm going to do. I'm very excited for this. (laughs) This week's short story is by Dina Lilligren. Writer, reader, avid concert goer, and overall lover of anything art. Lilligren is an associate professor of English in Louisville, Kentucky. 
and her work has frequented Leo Weekly and appeared in publications from Queer Kentucky to The Huffington Post, where she covers LGBTQ plus issues and topics. I'd also like to mention Lilligren organizes her college's Lunchbox Food Program, which fights food insecurities for students, and we'll put that information in our show notes if you feel like donating. Otherwise, to learn more about Dina Lilligren and her incredible work, follow her on her socials at Grenade. Featured on OK Donkey, this is Teelings by Dina Lilligren. I'm on my front lawn undressing Barbies and exposing their breasts to passing cars. I'm the neighborhood pervert, but no one notices. Ten years later, a more advanced neighborhood pervert will expose himself to me on the street and I will be scolded by the police officer for laughing as I run away. That's exactly what he wants, the officer will explain. And now, my laughter has encouraged his penis. Do I understand? I will think about my own disappointment when the cars had not gone careening off the road or even slowed for my peep show and will tell the officer, I do understand. Neither of us will be punished. In fifth grade, I meet another neighborhood pervert. One of those sad latchkey kids from the news, born from worldly mothers and lacking discipline. She takes me down to her basement and teaches me about strippers, how they work on a pole and how their job is to take their clothes off very slowly. This is all news to me. Thrilling news. To learn I'd had the right idea on my front lawn after all. And I sit on the concrete floor watching her spin around the load-bearing pole, inching her shirt up over her bra. I don't have a bra yet, so when it's my turn, I start with my belt, a clunky thing with a childish magnetic clasp. I leave the belt behind and later on the school bus, with the sunlight glinting on her sun-kissed colored hair. I'm reluctant to bring it up. I'm punished for the lost belt, but not the stripping. I'm in my twin bed, kicking at mother. Nightly, I wake just before midnight and yell out all the violence that's collected in my body during the day. When my parents rush in, they're frightened by the serrated edge of my screams. With that weapon, I savage the household piece. In the morning, they all hate me and I have to drink my juice from the glass with the Hamburglar on it, which mother used to trap a spider that time. Father takes me to pastor, who says a special prayer, just in case. I'm eating scrambled eggs. It's Saturday morning and I am remarkably unpunished. My sisters are suspicious of this rare desegregation. They feel they are receiving mixed signals about my place in the family and stare at me as they chew the crust of their toast, searching for answers. Mother doesn't answer questions. She neither gives timeouts nor instructs me to think about my choices. I am simply punished. 
Dr. Dobson says the adult must always win a power struggle, and she has the stamina of a woman who, as a girl, carried water from a well and used an outhouse. I have the stamina of a prisoner in possession of a sizable library. The problem is that we're too evenly matched. But she has the book with my name on it. Strong, willed, child. Mother has news. She has been reading something interesting in Red Book magazine about how to more effectively discipline her children. Father is also intrigued. They are the two most dangerous people I know. I'm whispering in class with Jenna, the kind of child punishments are made for. The very idea is a deterrent. She would never choose pain or shame or conflict. For me, punishment is always on the table to be weighed against the thing I want to do. I watch out for Jenna because she seems younger than the others. She has a gray tooth and her hair is boy short, brushed with vanilla. These shortcomings aside, she's eager to learn the roller skating routines I've choreographed. Verisimilitude is important to us both. I've heard about Olympian gymnasts, harsh Eastern European coaches, and she lets me scold her the way I imagine they do. I pinch her when she misses a turn and leave thumbprint-sized smudges of purple on her bare arms. But today, we are in school and teacher is tired of our talking, so here we go to the front of the room to make a record of our behavior on the chalkboard. Jenna doesn't bear this classroom disgrace nearly as well as she bears my abuse. I'm in the kitchen corner, taking my punishment. The rule is that no part of my body touches any part of the wall. I begin with 20 minutes, and mother will add five minutes each time I ask about the time. This is the trick. I can't stop asking. Soon, my sentence has swelled to 20, 40, 55. The timer only goes to 60. With only the wallpaper in my scope, I am convinced that at my back, the world has changed. My family has been raptured away and gangs of godless cannibals are casing the house right now, wiping their bloody handprints on my bedspread. Or worse, mother is still here and the stovetop timer has stopped. I'm growing like Alice. My shoes are beginning to pinch. They will discover me months too late, dressed in rags, shriveled in the kitchen corner like a dead cricket. At one point, I'm left alone in the kitchen for two years. I'm listening to mother and father discuss how to best punish me. The problem is the church. Mother wants me to go and learn how to be better, but father doesn't like how fun they've made things for children. When he was a child, church was being hung by a rope until your prayers became real. Sometimes a snake was involved. They compromise. I go to church, but am kept in the sanctuary to suffer through long adult sermons I survive because mother's parenting 
it turns out, has a loophole. Books, she believes, are written by men like Father to improve and instruct mankind. While Pastor drones on, I think about the things I read in the books I've acquired. All the places women are willing to pull up their skirts. Civil War era plantations. Suburban schools. Apocalyptic compounds. The way a witch might curse and then bless another witch. Always with blood. The things men do to wind up in prison and what they do once they're inside. I never once look at the clock. I am becoming unpunishable. Mother has read something else. She tells me that she has learned about night terrors from Reader's Digest. How funny, she says, for such a misunderstanding to have occurred. It all makes sense now, she says. Her voice light with relief. She's done a fine job after all. Dr. Dobson didn't account for night terrors. She will write him a letter in the morning. Part of it is that I'm getting older, which means people, even mother and father, are more careful about discipline. Now that I'm older, I've discovered the double life of everyday objects. Feathers, leather belts, almost any kind of fruit. This, of course, is how the concept of prison came about. The only way to punish sinners of a certain age is with boredom. Corporal punishment is too exciting. Jenna doesn't know about any of this. She's been saving up. She's hoarding bad behavior as though she can hedge the future with 20 years of obedience. Obedience isn't the same as sweetness. And I'm convinced that her one gray tooth is discolored with repressed screams. She's never pledged me any kind of loyalty, but she has mine. I need to see how this ends. How terrible to be so unpunished for so long, forever waiting for the belt to strike. Short, short, little short. Art of the short, art of the short, art of the short, little shorty. <laughs> <laughs> Will you look at my art first? Okay. <laughs> Her black tooth. That's a great tooth. It's a great tooth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got a beautiful long-haired blonde Barbie, classic Barbie. Yeah. Wearing like a cute conservative green dress. Yeah. And then she has, like, her long, beautiful, like, blown-out hair. <laughs> and then, so it's, like, slowly zooming in. And you hear that music's in the background. And then it zooms in on the magazine she's holding, which is Reader's Digest. <laughs> How to Break Strong Wild Children. Amazing, Tori. <laughs> Look, you made a magazine. <laughs> New science on how to break strong-willed children. <laughs> so it zooms in and then it zooms out. And now the Barbie is like in S&M bondage wear with blacked out nipples, <laughs> like the X's. And she's a big open mouth smile and like baby bangs and a short bob. 
and she's holding an edition of S and M Monthly Magazine, <laughs> with like a big, sexy, red-lipped, open mouth. And the magazine says the Scream edition. <laughs> really good, Jory. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> I have to say. I can relate to this little freaky kid. Yeah. Like, I might have been that little freaky kid. So from one little freaky kid (laughs) to the other freaky little kid. I see you. Okay. Yeah. I mean, when I read this story first, I was just like, oh my God, we have to. We have to read this because there's a famous incident in our own friend group where there was like yeah. Barbie's lit on fire in a garage. Oh, yeah. That was just like the norm. Okay. But that's what I'm saying. That wasn't the norm for the friend group <laughs> I had before you all. Yeah. So I felt like adult themed Barbies was going to be a real hit. Uh, totally. <laughs> for some reason, Barbies are very 80s to me. You know, the gem Barbie when like the Jeeps came out sure. before I ever even touched a Barbie, like. For me, this is what is, like, imprinted. And I thought it would be interesting to, like, showcase, like, the familial, generational, like, stark difference between generations. Like, my mother, I had a punk rock band, and she listened to my music and was like, what have I created? (laughs) And... You know how I feel about social norms and social constructs? We've talked about it before. Yeah. Do not like them. Why do we have such a hard time dissolving them? Like, they should not be there. Can we let people be themselves? Amen. Let them live. Let them love. (laughs) And just, like, it doesn't make you a bad person to not think or feel or look or talk or, like, fill in the blank Uh, like the same as the next person like that's what makes us all like beautiful people and like life worth living like thank you for having individual thought yes just lastly can we like please retire bullshit rules around specifically like sexually oppressing women which I find really horrifying and I know I'm preaching to the choir but this is also what this made me think of well yes Dina Obviously, I loved your story. Otherwise, I would not be so impassioned about what I'm saying right now. And I thought this story was perfection from the very first word until the very last word. Me too, Dina. Me too, me too, me too, Uh, me too. (laughs) Bethany sent me three images and a video, and I'm opening them now. Yep. Okay, the first image is of five different nail polishes. (laughs) <laughs> um, mm-hmm. We've got a like a chartreusey, bright yellowy green, a silver, a kind of turquoise, yeah. a red, and a grayish color. So now I have an image that's like looks like it's hand drawn, and it says "born from worldly mothers." <laughs> and on the S at the end, there is like a image of like a female looking body on that's a pole. The art. That's the art. That's the art. That's the art. <laughs> Oh, did you make those with the nail polish? So Mm -hmm. the coloring is with nail (laughs) polish. (laughs) Well, my initial image, the image was like of a body, like a a full color body on a pole. Mm -hmm. And then like she had tattooed like born from worldly mothers and then lacking discipline. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like on her like fists or wrists or shoulders or low back. Yeah. Um, I just was obsessed with those two phrases. Like. Born from worldly mothers and lacking discipline are just so good. Like, I think people are getting tattoos as we speak. (laughs) It's too good. They're too good. They're too good. (laughs) So that's like what I would do in a perfect world. My dad's worked in (laughs) ministry my whole life. So he has literature 
educational literature from the 80s forward. Mm. And Dina, I want you to know I was raised on Focus on the Family. Mm. I was raised on Dr. James Dobson. Oh. He runs an organization called Focus on the Family, which advocates for really conservative principles. Okay. Like intensely conservative principles. Yeah. And so I was like looking through the bookshelf trying to find some Dr. Dobson books and I was going to do some like art with this. Good news, there aren't any. Oh. So happy to say Peterson's have updated their library. We're no longer referencing Dr. Dobson. (laughs) (laughs) I just started getting an image of that time in my life when Troy was burning Barbies and we were burning rubber cement out on the street and like pantsing one another. And there was a lot of nail polish at that time. That's true. (laughs) So I thought, let me bring it here. Let me bring it to Art of the Short. Let me see what we can do here. And turns out nail polish on paper with (laughs) pen, tough. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to highlight quickly, Dina, some of my favorite sayings that jump out of the page because I can't help it. I know. First one, my laughter has encouraged his penis. It has a more perfect (laughs) sentence ever been said. Um, Obviously, born from worldly mothers lacking discipline. Obviously, we know I'm a huge fan. Huge fan of that. Frightened by the serrated edge of my screams. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Really good. Yelling the title of the book, Strong-Willed Child. Just beautiful. Calling your parents the two most dangerous people. Yeah, I mean, I can just read every sentence. I just agree with everything. So fucking good. And then the image (laughs) of, like, pushing it to the limits with your childhood friends. Like, incredible. Every single thing, I'm telling you. Incredible. Okay, was she... You talked about BDSM in your... I did, yeah. So is that what she's talking about with feathers... Belts. That's what I thought. Yeah. Etc. I was like, okay, I think this is about sex. Yeah. And the whole thing is about like power dynamics and sexuality, obviously, religion, obviously, like the things yeah. that kind of shape someone's sexuality. That's what I was getting from it. Yeah. I thought that's what it was. I, w- I just wasn't sure. Yeah. I just was guessing. If I'm wrong, that's what I was feeling in the moment when I was reading it <laughs> to be oppressed, repressed in all of those ways. It just spoke to each one of those things in my life personally that I'm just like, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you too. And listen, you over there, fuck <laughs> off. Too. Like I just, I loved every single word. I'm convinced that her one great tooth is discolored with repressed screams. Oh, so good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Wonderful. Dina, thank you so much for letting us read your story. Thank you for writing. <laughs> thank you for writing. Thank you for writing. We mean it. Because you are badass. Little of oh, God, I forgot you wrote a song for it. On that note, <laughs> thank you, Dina. We loved it. Thank you. Oh, hello. It's Jory. And Bethers. Here, Here to, to tell, tell you. you that's, that's a wrap. Season one of Art of the Short. That's a wrap. That was a wrap on the season. But we are here. We are here with you on our socials. Come say hi. Frankly, honestly, you know what we we want. We want the same thing that we always want. We want your art. We want your art. (laughs) We do. We do. We just do. We can't help that. Yes. We want to see what you're thinking. We want to see what stories strike you. And please check out our season wrap announcement. Yes. There's going to be special thank yous, some favorite moments of this show. Yeah, I have some ideas in mind. 
And we'll see you soon. See you soon. Bethers, I love you. I love you too, Joe. Bye.